Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no Spice Girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Welcome to another Rewind episode of It Could Happen Here. Last year, we did a series of episodes on the United States' war on trans people. Since then, things have only gotten worse. Even in electoral defeat, transphobic politicians across the country have only doubled and tripled down on their attempts to wipe trans people out for good. So today, we're going to revisit part three of that series, called The Turf International, in which we look at the transnational network of transphobes who built the modern anti-trans movement and see how they function in both Mexico and the U.S. Welcome to It Could Happen Here, a podcast that this week is about the war on trans people. I'm your host, Christopher Wong. If you've been around the left long enough, you've probably heard people call trans-exclusionary radical feminism, or TERFism, a colonial ideology. Broadly, the accusation of colonialism is about the erasure of non-Western genders that fall outside the Christian gender binary. But TERFs are colonial in another sense as well, exported by white academics through a network of fall feminist and anti-trafficking groups. The ideology has imposed itself on the global south with devastating and violent consequences. As a product of this colonial imposition, Mexico has become one of the front lines in the war against trans people. I spoke to Emmy Flores and Juliana Neuhauser two members of the Sexual and Gender Dissidents Resistance Network, a group of activists aligned with the Zapatistas who've been documenting and resisting the spread of TERFs in Mexico. When the new TERF wave started in Mexico several years back, um, at the time, I thought, thought of it as something that, of like a radicalization that went too far. You know, like kind of like thinking back to like the new left and there was a point 
during the new left when like suddenly everybody joined a Maoist cult and they were angry for the right reasons, but it just went off at some point. I thought that's what was going on in Mexico. But then slowly it started to come out more that more and more turf groups were had ties to political parties. And, and one of the agents. and foreign agents. And one of the one of the most dramatic cases um is from Toluca, a city near Mexico City. Um just recently at the International Women's Day protests, like there were turf groups that um had made a a pinata out of the trans flag, had been burning the trans flag. Also in this same city, one of the main turf groups turns out that their leader is on government payroll. And if you've seen Roma, for example, the incident, the political incident that happens in that movie is based on a real incident from the 70s. And the tactics of that political party, which is the party that controls the state government of the state Toluca is in, basically it hasn't changed. And they seem to have been using these turfs basically as shock troops. At one point, there were um, two sit-ins outside the state congress, one to push for a gender identity law and another to push for the legalization of abortion, which are obviously both important things. The latter, however, was controlled by these turf groups, who later mysteriously never seems to appear at other protests asking for the legalization of abortion. But they were there, and they ran off the trans encampment, one of the big incidents was defending the sanctity of the women's bathroom with barbed wire wrapped baseball bats. Jesus. These groups have deep ties to right-wing Mexican political parties, the police, and the growing turf international. And they seem to be very chummy with the local police. Yes. Funny that, huh? Their leader um, gives classes, like, gives like trainings to the, the state government. Like, this, it's, it's see, not subtle. Yeah, no, you can see live streams of their quote-unquote protests, and it was mostly them, like, drinking coffee with the cops. Like, they were on first-name basis with the cops, while the the other camp had, like, trans women that were, were too scared to go to the bathroom because they were going to be attacked. And Jesus. so that's the starkest group, I think, right? The, the, the Toluca Turfs, which are... yeah. It's funny because almost every party has their own, their own group. But yeah, also it's no surprise that PRI is the scariest. Yeah, we should also say that these groups are affiliates with Sheila Jeffries Women's Declaration International. Um, and so this is also a case of an ideology developed in the first world. In this case, England, which is largely a safe country, where even as fascist an ideology as turfism doesn't, or only very rarely leads to real violence. And, but it gets exported to countries that are not safe, where it does turn into real violence. So another affiliate um, of Sheila Jeffrey's Women's Declaration in Mexico would be Las Brujas del Mar, who is another case of, at first, they seemed to be a group that was just, they just radicalized a bit too far. 
Then photos came out of their leader, who was on the Time 100 a couple years back, with Felipe Calderon, an ex-president of Mexico, and like by far one of the worst in the country's history. Yeah. And not like a, 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 like just, oh, I, I saw you walking in the street. She was at a book signing. It was not a casual encounter. It was a clear sign of admiration. And uh, it's been more than confirmed since then that... that her political ambitions lie with the the PAN, the 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 farthest right mainstream po- uh, political party in Mexico. This political alliance between the TERFs and the right has benefits for both sides. The TERFs gained funding and institutional backing for their war against trans people. The right gained a way to attack the vaguely center-left Mexican president Andres Manuel López Obrador by blaming him and trans people from Mexico's horrific wave of femicides while distracting from its actual sources, NAFTA and the war on drugs. Mexico's trans population, however, gained a new Western-educated threat. When I say the, the radical feminism was a complete import, it's from its very beginning. In the, for a long while, there was like one turf in Mexico. And she was, she's called uh, Jan Maria Yoyotl. Don't even try to pronounce her name. I don't think she can even pronounce her name because she's white as hell. And <laughs> she <laughs> always dresses like... She's a fucking Rachel Dolezal from Mexico. Yeah. Right? <laughs> like the, 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 the amazing irony that the first originary turf in Mexico is also the Mexican Rachel Dolezal. Like, right, because she went uh, abroad and was like the only Mexican everyone knew. So even though she's white as hell and has blue eyes, she started wearing some Coachella motherfucking ass... Uh, feathers and shit, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I've I've seen I've seen these pictures. It's it is it is like it it, it is it, it it is the Mexican version of and not even just the Mexican version. It it, it is the Mexican version of those people at Coachella who like wear indigenous headdresses who are oh, just yeah. like just like look look like they're descended from like Heydrich Himmler or something. It's oh, incredible. Sure. And like she's she has like uh she has like half. French half Spanish name, and she changed it to a half Maya half Nahuatl name. It's gross. Jesus. So this this person has been active since the seventies, right? She went to she was present in the first Pride in Mexico, and uh, she who that was that was also the the two year anniversary of the sixty eight uh, massacre. So Pride was from the start really leftist here in Mexico, but it also had these kind of people the. Uh, who who went to the UK, France, and the United States. And I think she, she was there when uh, Janice Raymond was, uh, like, sending her, her friends with guns to, to uh, threaten trans women, right? So, <laughs> that's... She, she, she was there when the turf wars were at the, at the highest point uh, during the 70s. And then came back, and uh, she participated in a lot of history of Mexican feminism. But the time that she came back in 2016 with that letter, with that backing, because she is also close to Janice Raymond with the Coalition Against Trafficking in Women, uh, who the Coalition Against Trafficking the Coalition Against Trafficking in Women, uh, KW has a lot of... The, after the turf wars, they they went 
underground in the in academia and the universities, right? Because they were no longer accepted. But they were in the process of building NGOs that could globally uh, affect policy on uh, specifically sex work and trans rights. And you can tell that the Jean Maria saw that that was her only opportunity to resurface uh, and to make her 70s as... Uh, she saw that 70s rat femme discourse was retro now. And so she became like this uh, found, founding matriarch for the new generation of trans folks. One of them, which is uh, Laura Lecuona, who is part of uh, FEMBA. And the, Jean Maria and Lecuona were not faced at all by the accusations of, of aligning with the uh, uh, reactionaries because they know their history, they know where, where they come from, and they know that this is how Dorkin survived. This is how. Uh, 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 how Sheila Jeffries and Janice Raymond survived. This is where you get the fucking money. And Laura Lecona, Jan Maria, and Brujas del Mar turned the whole environment around them into these, uh, well, these turf questions. The, the only two issues that we talk about nowadays in Mexican feminism are, <laughs> are president and trans people. It's kind of gross. Jesus. Yeah, and that, and like, remember, like, there's only a handful of states that have legalized abortion. There's femicides happening all the time. And, but we're, we continue to debate these two issues over and over and over again, like a feedback loop. And, like, as trans people, we don't have any choice because we're the targets of this. Like, yep. and it's not, it's not an academic debate. Last fall, um, there was some TERFs who had taken over a public park to set up their separatist space. And there was a disabled cis woman and a, her trans girlfriend who were denied entry to the park and threatened with tasers. And so when they're taking over these public spaces and using violence to defend them because the next week there was a protest over this and they there they um they tased a trans man jesus and it's like this is like a public park like of course we have to defend ourselves Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. 
like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered for just being me. Amy Winehouse, Back to Black, directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R, under 17, not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. The Coalition Against Trafficking in Women, or CATW, an international anti-sex worker group, which provided a refuge for white turfs driven from mainstream feminism in their home countries, has been a major source of turf influence in Latin America. The reason there is so much importing of the, this ideology towards uh, radical feminists in Mexico, uh, it's that they needed something to say and something to do, and, and something to fill the void uh, in organizing and in NGOs. And the people who stepped up were Janice Raymond's uh, KW, right? The the Coalition Against Trafficking in Women, who since the 90s uh, spent uh, a decade and a half building uh, contacts in the in the UN, in the OAS, in several uh, international organisms to extend their influence across the whole continent, specifically in Latin America. And I, I, for it, you can see this affecting stuff like stuff like Venezuela where they uh, broke up sex worker unions to uh, to with the the OAS right and in Mexico the founding leader of Me the Mexican branch of of KW uh, Teresa Ulloa used to be a UN employee specifically its drug and crime uh, segment and before she was like a radical feminist she used to conduct drug raids in Chiapas and <laughs> yeah, and after that, she became uh, the founding member of KW Latin America and the Caribbean. And with Janice Raymond, they they you can see them go together to uh, the 1995 uh, Beijing Conference on Women, and they influenced like though the, they they were a big part of why gender is not recognized as a social construct by the UN. They allied with the Holy See. With the, the representative from the Vatican in the UN, got together with a couple of radical feminists and pushed back against gender being recognized as a social construct in 1995. So that's the, the level of influence these groups had. In Mexico, uh, these groups, which f morphed into the, the uh, KW, uh, supported the war on drugs from the get go. They were. Uh, very in some of the biggest events uh, inaugurating the war on drugs, they were present right there. Because if you're fighting drug trafficking, it's very easy to just sleep the word human right there, right? No politician is going to say no. They all fucking love to say, yeah, I'm hard on, on human trafficking. And the way that uh, showed itself was just targeting trans sex workers and migrant sex workers. And with that, and that fitting the agenda of Janice Raymond perfectly, 
Sheila Jeffries got a basically survived the whole 2000s on writing garbage for reports for the UN. Most of her published works during the, the 2000s and early 2010s is stuff paid for uh, KW. And they, uh, they, they, they... In 2016, they started pushing for more and more anti-trans uh, legislation worldwide because they could see the writing on the wall, right? They were behind uh, the, the, the women's declaration. Uh, the... Sheila Jeffries is not... Okay, she is part of KW. She's, uh, I think, KW Australia. She has her own other collective called Space International, which is behind Fosta Sesta, by the way, in the US, where she allied with a couple of conservative sheriffs uh, to write that legislation. So <laughs> we could go on and on on how like people <laughs> that read about trans issues think are gone and forgotten by history, right? The, the authors of these horrible books that haunt us to this day are still active. And not just in the US, they're active in Mexico, in the UK, in France, in South Africa, in Korea. Uh, Korea is huge. In I think I would say Korea is as, has a, as big a problem as Mexico and the UK. We just don't <laughs> talk to them as much and we can't realize that. But if you check the, the, the languages that have signed the Sheila Jeffries Declaration against trans people, which is a specifically genocidal declaration, it doesn't stop at like legislation. It, it wants to exterminate us outright. Yeah. And most of them, you are going to see a lot of Brazilian flags, a lot of Mexican flags, a lot of Korean flags, even more than United States flags. And if you tr track the, the USA flags, it's mostly like weird randos that have yoga classes and shit. It's not relevant politicians. But if you track the other countries, you're going to find some of the biggest collectives in the, in their own countries. You're going to find or just spooks, right? You're going to find a lot of people who have really weird careers that spend a lot of time in, in Italy and Uganda. <laughs> uh, the, yeah. It's 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 a never-ending uh rabbit hole of 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 spooks, of conservatives, of uh, has been feminists that have rebranded as NGOs to get money from those groups and directed towards breaking up trans rights, towards affecting sex workers, towards breaking unions, breaking student movements. It's a global movement that is birthed by uh, conservative thought, but getting more and more reactionary and more and more organized as time goes by. That international transphobic movement has increasingly found purchase in the U.S. I spoke to Lee Leaville and Kai Shevers, two members of Health Liberation Now with intimate experience with the TERF movement, who spent years meticulously documenting its rise. So, my first question is, can y'all explain what WOLF actually is, and I guess subsequent to that, uh, what the relationship to Hands Across the Aisle is? Um... Yeah, so Wolf is, um, they're a transphobic feminist group um, with, at this point, extensive ties to right-wing organizations. Um, they've worked with Family Policy Alliance, Heritage Foundation, Alliance Defending Freedom, Concerned Women for America, Family Research Council, among others. Um, but they, um, they got their start. Um, 
And they started back in 2013, um, around when um, they were founded by Lear Keith, who also was one of the leaders of Deep Green Resistance. And she basically got like um, kind of run out of anarchist and environmentalist groups and then kind of like went over to uh, established like turf communities to try and recruit there. So they sort of like started out trying to like recruit from these like older turf and transphobic lesbian communities. And then after Trump got elected and, um, you know, the conservative Christians on the far right became more mobilized and more empowered, they kind of like rebranded themselves and were like, oh, let's form alliances with these right wing groups. And they kind of like traded their sort of like, like uh, crunchy lesbian feminist, like, like image for like Kara Dansky, who like, you know, is, uh, a straight, fairly feminine looking woman who used to work for the ACLU and then like a Democrat. And like, you know, she's way more presentable to like a conservative audience, you know, by working with the right, then they have access to like money and power and they can, it's easier for them to get, get on the media. Like, like Kira Dansky is no longer with Wolf, but like she was with them for years and still has relations, like, like good relations with them. And she's been on the Tucker Carlson show like many times. So I, I think one of the important pieces when it comes to understanding like how this relationship with the right started. So in, in late 2016, Wolf put forward their filing against the U.S. Department of Justice and U.S. Department of Education, right? And they were going up against aspects of like trying to reform Title IX to include gender identity, you know, to, to protect folks um, who need to be able to use the like women's restroom or locker room or whatever, right? And this is the case that they ended up getting some of that ADF funding for. So it's like one of the first official seeds, I guess, of the, the direct collaboration that ended up happening. Those, yeah. A lot of that stuff did up, eventually end up getting leaked. And then they started doing some more official collaborations just a few months later um, when they were working with like Family Policy Alliance um, mm-hmm. to file amicus briefs against uh, Gavin Grimm. Again, yeah. on a bathroom case. Yeah, they took something like, I think it was like $15,000 yeah. from the Alliance Defending Freedom, mm-hmm. which is one of the main like right-wing yeah. uh, groups like Pass, like trying to pass all these like anti-trans bills, like going after pediatric transition and, and trans girls and in women's sports. Mm-hmm. So they took that money. And then, yeah, and then later, like, I think like um, the whole working with family policy Alliance, I believe was the first time they like publicly allied with what the white ring group. I think so. That happened yeah. in January of 2017. Yeah. And then they've just sort of like, yeah, like they also um, were involved with like the amicus brief against, was it Amy Stephens? Um Another Supreme Court case. I can't remember. Yeah. It wouldn't surprise me. And like members of Wolf have appeared on like Heritage Foundation panels. They yeah. helped like release a parent resource guide, an anti-transparent resource guide that was also sponsored by like Heritage mm-hmm. uh, Foundation, Family Policy Alliance. This, this, this is very similar to almost exactly what you see in Mexico with, with just sort of slightly less physical violence, which, yeah, it's, it's a lot of, you know, and, and the, the other thing is that these are, to a large extent, exactly the same organizations. And that was one of the other things I yeah. want to talk about was the influence of Sheila Jeffries and the Women's Declaration, which has been all over <laughs> like this whole movement. Yeah. yeah, the one thing to point out, so like, you know, the uh, Women's Declaration International is in this, in the U.S., is led by Kara Dansky. 
who, you know, she like basically like left, she worked at Wolf for a long time and still has, you know, lots of connections with them, is on good terms with them, but she like left and now is like working with Women Declaration International yeah. of the US branch. So and I feel like also, that's noteworthy. Like, she winds up having kind of like a foot in both worlds at the same mm-hmm. time too. So like she'll like the the US chapter of Women's Declaration International previously, like women's human rights campaign before they had to rebrand um they would possibly like, for legal reasons yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. very cagey but it lo- if, if you if you read the stuff it's yeah 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 exactly exactly um so what what ends up happening is that Kara Dansky will either like have the the chapter sponsor particular events or she herself will become actively involved in the formation of the events, right? Which we saw happen with um, Women Picket DC last year, where they were parking themselves outside of. Well, that was like it was a. Well, that was that was a whole big thing. <laughs> oh God! It was but, a protest that happened on International Women's Day to protest the uh, the Equality Act. Yeah, um, it, it's, it's not like it's people's first time dealing with the Equality Act either. I mean, like, so prior prior to that point, which and this starts to, to go into the, um, like, Hands Across the Aisle Coalition because they were um, actively involved in opposing the Equality Act as well. So to, to kind of roll back a little bit, um, the, the Hands Across the Aisle Coalition, this was something that started developing in early 2017, you know, not that long after Wolf started building the more direct relationships with the um, the right. And so the, the people of this coalition would have like, you would have members of the right itself. And in the process of that, um, towards the beginning of 2019 in May, they filed this joint letter to the um, House of Representatives Speaker, Nancy Pelosi, to oppose things like the Equality Act. Um, And they did so alongside with Natasha Chart, representing Wolf, Concerned Women for America, American College of Pediatricians, Family Research Council, you know, a whole bunch of really just awful names in there oh yeah the adf was involved in that one too yeah this is the it's it's, it's really the rose gallery of all of the people who were anti-gay marriage until Mm -hmm. still are but have downplayed it and yeah all Mm -hmm. the people who led the anti-gay marriage campaigns all of the sort of weird right-wing pseudo-medical bodies Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. 
That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no Spice Girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. The next thing I wanted to ask about is what's been happening in the last couple of years with the fusion. Because I mean, so yeah, you already have your your alliance between the turfs and the evangelicals, but in the last couple of years, we've seen a I don't know if, if full scale is the right term to use for it, but we've seen a merger of this with Save the Children and QAnon stuff. I was wondering if you could talk about that. Yeah. That's okay. So that's an interesting one because like I've, I've been digging into the timeline of this stuff extensively. (laughs) It's like, I've got hundreds, hundreds of listings trying to figure out where different pieces are coming from and trying to understand like the, the phases, right? So you've, you've got like the, the formation, the solidification, and then the escalation and we're kind of in the escalation stage right now. But so one of the things that I, I started to, to notice is that elements of this crossover, like the cross-pollination that was happening, actually predated certain key events that we now know are affiliated with QAnon, right? So if, if we think about the actual like development of QAnon itself. So you've got the Pizzagate thing that was happening in like October, 2016, I believe that was, um, you know, right before Trump was getting elected and, you know, kicking up some stuff about like, you know, Hillary Clinton's emails and stuff like that to, to go up against her election campaign in opposition to Trump and then, you know, folding in the, the harassment towards um, Comet Ping Pong to the point where, like, Edgar Madison Wells shows up at Comet Ping Pong in uh, December of 2016 with an AR-15 style yeah, rifle yeah. and starts, you know, firing off his shots and stuff like that, right? And so eventually... Um, most people know that the timeline of the, the QAnon drops happening around like October, 2017. Like if you look up the original, like the first known Q drops, I believe that was like October 28th, 2017 on 4chan. But the thing is that if you look at references to save the children or save our children on like Twitter, the hashtags, and you're also looking for transphobia related stuff, you can actually start to see that crossover happening before the original Q drops happened. Right. Interesting. Yeah. I found, 
I found tweets that were connecting trans inclusion education in schools to pedophilia and using the Save the Children hashtag in August of 2017. The Q drops hadn't started yet. Mm. So, and this is something, this pattern continues to happen, right? There were also multiple, um, you know, tweets or Facebook posts or whatever that would start to use things like save the children, save our children, wake up America and stuff like that before you would have the big scale takeover by QAnon when things were starting to get really popular because the save the children thing really went viral in the summer of 2020. But you could still see elements of it before that point repeatedly. So another early instance of using both Save the Children and Wake Up America hashtags started happening on um, April, I believe that is, of 2019. And bear in mind, Wake Up America um, is a hashtag that's not only used by QAnon proponents um, Mm -hmm. in relation to the whole like accelerationism trying to you know, deep state stuff. Um, but also like Aaron Brewer, one of the people that was involved in some of the clinic protest harassments was using that hashtag later. No, it wasn't just, it was, wasn't just Brewer. It was like both Brewer. It was, that was the, the clinic protest that involved both, um, partners for ethical care, PEC, which Brewer was a member, like one of the founders of at the time and one of the leaders of and uh, Joey Bright's, like, can I get a witness? Like, mm-hmm. they teamed up to stage a bunch of uh, clinic protests, mm-hmm. and they used Wake Up, like, Wake Up America was one of the slogans that they used and one of the hashtags. Mm-hmm. These are, um, to, to, make this, to, to, make, to make sure we're getting this, uh, th- these are protests against clinics that offer gender-affirming care. Yes. yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. That, um, mm-hmm. yeah, that, yeah, that happened. Uh, that one, so yeah, the Wake Up America one was in... Um, Salt Lake City, New York City, and LA. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they also, I mean, speaking of, of um, hashtags, they also have used the, the slogan, pull back the curtain, um, which has also been used by uh, like anti-choice activists. Mm. Yeah. Like that was, I remember like, like finding, like they use pull back the curtain a lot to be like, they, what they mean is like, they're like, ah, expose the evil gender industry. But like this other, this like, um, anti-abortion group i'm blanking on which one uh, off the top of my head but they also use that um pull back the curtain to go after planned parenthood yeah oh boy um, which i think is like problem like that doesn't i'm find a direct connection but it seems like that's yeah too much of a coincidence in a lot of ways one of the one of the things that i really want to stress about this whole like what i call tnon thing is that like the seeds for this, the cross-pollination that we are seeing happening between the gender critical movement, Pizzagate and QAnon, like these were already in place before QAnon formally developed as its own phenomenon. This keeps happening. It's, you can't really like figure out where one particular type of rhetoric is necessarily coming from in terms of its source because it just keeps going back and forth repeatedly. People are acting like they're coming up with a lot of the same ideas together because in the end, in the end, they are of the same roots. They are in fundamental agreement with each other, whether they're calling themselves different names. 
I think that's that's worries me in a lot of ways, partly because, you know, I mean, this has always been something where if you look at the rhetoric that these people are spreading, it's like it's explicitly exterminationist. Like it's it's, you know, like oh, yeah. they, they they're they're stoichiatric terrorists like in search of a like a quote unquote lone wolf. And in a lot of, you know, in, 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 the, in the 70s, I think they were there's there's a lot more explicit violence that these people are doing directly and now they're kind of like they're 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 trying to find people who will do their dirty work for them and there mm-hmm. are places where they found them already we've seen this in mexico and in the u.s the people who they seem to be recruiting are people who are extremely dangerous i mean we've, we've seen QAnon people have killed enormous numbers of people um you know, we've there, there's a long history of, of abortion clinic bombings and people getting assassinated for that. I mean, I think you know one one of the connections that I've been sort of like looking at is the extent to which this stuff is connected to the Atlanta shooting. Because if you if you look at the stuff the Atlanta shooter believes, it's you know like he's in this like in the same sort of Christian patriarchal project, and his thing is specifically about sex workers. But hey, look if you look at uh. Yeah, but also particularly Asian sex workers, and, and you know, if 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 you if you look at the anti-trafficking groups, and you look at the Christian anti-trafficking groups, and you look at the Venn diagram with them and the TERFs, it's like, oh, oh yeah, Some and people are involved in yeah. both. I mean, yeah, and, is big in yeah. that particular world. Yep, mm-hmm. and and yeah, there's there's this kind of vice closing in on trans people, where on the one hand you have these people attempting to employ the violence of the state, and on the other hand you have this sort of psychiatric terrorism where they're attempting to incite violence by sort of individuals. And then also, I mean, I think, I think there's, there's you know, there's sort of, there's sort of two forms of this, right? There's the explicit the people who are explicitly like quote unquote political, right? You have, you have your sort of like ideological street fascist. You have like, you know, you, 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 you have your people with baseball bats covered in barbed wire, but then you also have the stuff that's been fueling anti-Asian violence where it's not necessarily like, you know, there is a, this is an organization that like hates Asian people. It's, we will just sort of passively increase the rhetoric until the level of violence increases. Mm, yeah. Yeah. You've kind of got like, you've got yeah. the street bash and then you've got the intellectual bash. Yeah. Well, and and, and then I think, but I think also there, there's, there's another, like if, if it was just those people, I think it'd be less bad, but, but there's also just the way in which just random people who are encountering this become very quickly radicalized and it, it becomes part of sort of, I mean, and, and transphobic violence has always been part of the sort of background violence in the same way that anti-black mm-hmm. and I mean, you know, okay, the, the level of anti-black violence is much higher, but like the, the level of violence against black trans people in particular and the, the level of anti-Asian violence we've been seeing that has just sort of, bec- it, it's just a part of the background violence of American society. And that the levels of those things the the more this rhetoric gets circulated and the more this activism happens, that background level of violence increases. And that to me is also terrifying because mm-hmm. it, it, it means like, it's not just sort of like fascists who you can track. It's just someone on the street. Yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah. yeah. They're just sort of like trying to like, like, yeah. Associate like, well, I mean, a lot of the extreme, like, yeah, the, like people like, like, Felix and Aaron, um, Alex, Aaron, the gender mapper and Joey Bright and stuff like that. Like they're, they're hardcore, like eliminationists. Like they're like, they're yep. say over and over, there can be no compromise. And I would also especially like anti-fascist networks to pay more attention to it because, mm-hmm. you know, the solidarity with trans people is just as important as solidarity 
with like racial and ethnic minorities when it comes to combating fash, right? Especially since like there are a number of us that are in multiple categories. So like, let's all work together and try to like, you know, be proactive about combating the threat, right? So my, my TNN um, collections, I guess, like I only have two reports on it so far because getting into the full detail is just, it is a lengthy project and I keep getting distracted by, yes. by the conversion therapy stuff well, there's too. Just like, so, there's so much stuff to research and there's like, and we're like two people and, and yeah. Anyway, so I, a, I also so have a life to try to live. <laughs> in terms of finding the, like the original kind of like, broader views of TNN, both like what it is in terms of like the 101 kind of stuff and also like the the timeline of where it came from you can find it on healthliberationnow.com we have a little tab there that has like analysis and then if you go down to key issues you can find a TNN tag there right and it'll have that stuff in there this has been a thing that throughout this entire series which is that most of the information on this stuff has been compiled by a very small number of trans people and that cannot stay the state of this because there are just not enough trans people and they are extremely overworked yeah yeah Yeah. and if if that's a project that you can take up please do that Um, (laughs) yes please yeah all hands on deck all hands on deck yeah because the the seriousness of this is such that if you want there to be trans people living in a way that does not actively destroy them. You have to act now. Yeah, basically. Yeah. This has been It Could Happen Here, a product of Cool Zone Media. Suppress your local turfs before it's too late. Goodbye. It Could Happen Here is a production of Cool Zone Media. For more podcasts from Cool Zone Media, visit our website, coolzonemedia.com, or check us out on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find sources for It Could Happen Here updated monthly at coolzonemedia.com slash sources. Thanks for listening. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. 
For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring.